Hey there, listeners. Stoner Chick Phoebe here, and this episode of our podcast is about to begin. But really quick, I want to tell you about next week's episode, because we're going to be discussing one of my most favorite TV shows, one of maybe my most favorite stoner show ever, and that is the show High Maintenance. It's an HBO series that started as a web series, and we watched and will be discussing four episodes from the web series. Those episodes are episode one, two, three, and ten, the names of which are Stevie, Heidi, Jamie, and Brad Pitts. So you should check them out. Each one is under ten minutes long, and they're splendid little packages of goodness. So yeah, check them out if you want. Check out our episode next week. But first, and right now, this week's episode begins. Well, hello and welcome to Stoner Chicks, a podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I am Stoner Chick Stephanie. I am Stoner Chick Phoebe. I'm Stoner Chick Kayla. Stoner Chick Grace reporting for duty. That's right. <laughs> and welcome to this very special episode of Stoner Chicks podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm lighting up a little bit of a doobie and then I'm going to tell you all something. Scooby Dooby Doo. Phoebe has. Um, I have a wrongy righty or wrongsy rightsies. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're still not in agreement of what the segment is called. It's, it's, it's a segment, it's a, uh, it's a moment. It's a, and now a, for a moment from Phoebe. <laughs> so, in a previous episode, I believe last week's, we were talking about funny weed names using celebrity names. I was explaining who Donald Sutherland was. I suggested a movie called Don't Look Now, starring Donald Sutherland. And the part that was the wrong Z was I said in it that he starred with Jane Fonda and that they had a scene in which supposedly they really had sex. They fucked. Oh, yeah. Well, the wrong Z there is Jane Fonda was not in that film. And minutes, <laughs> minutes after we finished recording, I was like, no, I meant Julie Christie because it's Julie Christie, not Jane Fonda. I do know the difference. But I get them mixed up. So it's still true. It was Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland that supposedly got it on. I have a feeling the majority of these listeners are like, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> but I know, Phoebe, as the movie buff that you are, you really want to, you, yeah, you care. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've messed up about movies before and I edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> you needed to make that wrongy righty. I had to make right. At last, I'll say about it. Ian, uh, one of our big fans, listener from Madrid. I know he listens, and I know as soon as he heard that, he was like, "That wasn't Jane Fonda." So, Ian, I know, corrected. It was Julie Christie. Don't look now. Is the movie? You can't give Jane Fonda the credit for that one. And that's the end of that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have an exciting episode today, a very special, awesome episode. We actually are going to be interviewing a guest today. We've been always talking about getting a grower on the podcast, and we finally done frickin' did it, guys. We, we got a grower. did it. <laughs> That's right. We did it. 
<laughs> and if you've made it to this episode, listeners, you know we are big fans of a particular cannabis company, and we happen to have an interview with one of the co-founders and co-owners of that cannabis company. And that cannabis company is... Falcana. We love Falcana. Oh, oh yes, yes, we, we do. <laughs> and uh, we are interviewing Bethany Rondeau. She was amazing to interview, first yes. of all. We wish we could have talked to her all night about falcons because not only does she grow cannabis, she's also a falconer. And she and her partner, Justin, who are the founders of Falcana, are also both falconers professionally and they have a falcon rescue it's amazing it's a great interview <laughs> if we do say so ourselves <laughs> so i believe without further ado why don't we take a little smoke break and we'll get into our interview with bethany Welcome back from your smoke break, listeners. Uh, hope you had a nice toke. Uh, we're here with Bethany, one of our favorite cannabis brands, Falcana. Bethany, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, thanks to you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Totally. Well, we've been so excited to have you on today. First, because we are fans of your flower, and second, because several times on the podcast, we have been clueless as to the growing process, the cultivation process. We've we're like several times have said out loud, ah, we need to have a grower on the podcast so we can, <laughs> yeah, give some good information to our listeners. Um, so Phoebe's going to kick us off with questions. Go ahead, Phoebe. Yeah, so I got a few fun ones. Icebreakers to start us off. Hi, Bethany. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. I'll say again. Um, all right. First question tell us about the first time you ever smoked weed please so um so the first time i ever smoked weed was actually with justin uh so i grew up very you know it, it was very uh strict and i'm the oldest so a lot of times you know parents are strictest with their oldest right and then the youngest mm -hmm. one gets away with murder so that was definitely my experience um growing up and so the idea of doing you know drugs or alcohol or anything anything besides getting straight A's was just like crazy to me you know so um when i uh met justin we, we both are falconers and so i met justin at another falconer's house um and uh it was like love at first sight i mean the, oh. the <laughs> it just was so obvious it was just like oh wow so this is what you know like this is what finding your soulmate feels like you know i mean it just mm -hmm. was so like explosive right and so um but i met him i was living in oklahoma he was in washington his falconry mm -hmm. sponsor um because you have to have someone sponsor you to be a falconer uh so i went to his sponsor's house and he was there and um you know we hit it off right away anyway kind of fast forward um i mean we we got married we met in february and got married in august so wow. um wow and you know when we were you know dating the first couple of months you know he's like hey you know 
I have something to tell you. And I'm like, oh no, you know, like this is, this is it. This is the thing. It's not going to work now. He's got like some, you know, awful secret that I, you know, I fell for it. Right. And um, so like, yeah, you know, I smoke weed sometimes and I'm like, oh no, doesn't that like, you know, kill your brain cells or, you know, cause I mean, I was totally from Oklahoma. Right. And like full propaganda there. Like, you know, it's, I mean, honestly, it, I, not anymore, but I mean, Oklahoma used to have, you, you'd be better off being caught with meth than we, you know, as far as like jail time, like it, it was considered worse, you know? So um, that's how I grew up. And so, you know, when we got together, he told me that I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, but you know, I'm really, I'm open-minded, you know, I'm willing to give it a try. And so I smoked weed. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. They've <laughs> 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 been lying to me about, you know? <laughs> yes. I want to try so all fun. the drugs. Yeah, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know the uh, feeling of being lied to because a doctor told me I was allergic to it until I smoked it and I was not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I mean, that's how I mean, that's, I'm, that's really long winded. But like, that's how I first um, experienced it is, is, you know, Justin being the terrible influence that he is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm that's so fun. Yeah. So that's, that was my first time um, trying it. You know, it's amazing. It's, it's much better than alcohol. Propaganda works wonders, right? So um, I mean, that's why people, I think, are apprehensive to try it. But um, at least for me and my personal experience, it was just, it was really awesome. You know, as I got a little bit older, I had, I started to get like these really bad debilitating migraines that I'd had when I was, um, as a teenager as well. And it definitely is something that is common, um, in my family, these, these, you know, debilitating mm-hmm. migraines where you start to lose vision. I, I usually, usually just lost vision on like the left side, um, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of over here would kind of turn like dark and, 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 and um, fuzzy. And so I found that cannabis like immediately fixed it. Uh, yeah. And so for me, it really was kind of a one, two, where it was like, I really enjoy it on a recreational level. But then medicinally, it, mm-hmm. it was, it was incredibly impactful to like my well-being, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, it's just was kind of I just fell in love. You know, it's it's awesome. It's an amazing plant. I resonate yeah, with that. So your a lot. love at first sight turned you to your other love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> By uh, us both pursuing our love of balcony, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so oh, great. Yeah. All right, are you love. a fan of indica? If you have to choose one, are you indica or sativa? Oh, I'm I'm definitely an indica. Um, I'm a very type A person, um, and so sativas in the wrong setting i mean everything's essentially a hybrid nowadays right and so right. when we're saying mm-hmm. like sativa indica um we're really referencing more i think the effect as a description of more of an upper versus a downer right so indica yeah. we're saying is like a body high relaxing chill whereas you know sativa you know we're saying is um more cerebral maybe um for some people anxiety inducing but but just kind of like an, an upper right so you're feeling yeah. you know hyped up and and like you want to go out and do something um and so for me the indica is my preference um but I do enjoy a sativa like when I'm hiking or, or actively really you know wanting to do something productive 
Yeah, sure. Very much agree with that. Uh Have you ever gotten to name a strain? Yeah, I mean, almost all of our strains we've named um, because every almost everything we have um, is been bred in house, but we've made it. What what name are you most proud of? Uh, I mean, my favorite indica that we grew um, that we made from from crossing strains is Pacific Blue. And Pacific Blue oh, yeah. is uh, DJ Short Blueberry uh, um, Pre-98 crossed with uh, um, Bubba Kush, Pre-98 Bubba Kush. Yum. And that's just talking wow. about what the, that's referencing the Pre-98 is that that's cutting this from 1998 um, back when back when it was easier to identify where stuff came from. I mean, there's so sure. many strains now. There's so many people doing crosses now that it's a lot harder to, you know, pinpoint where lineage come from, uh, c- comes from. So the Bubba Kush and Blueberry of that time, um, when you're talking about pre-98, it just means that it's it's a much older cutting. Because people nowadays will say they have Bubba Kush or Blueberry, but it may not be, it may have lineage of that stuff in the mm-hmm. past, but it doesn't mean it's that exact cutting um, meaning that it's the exact replica. So like when we're growing cannabis, we don't start seeds every time, right? We're taking a cutting from Pacific Blue. So like Pacific Blue, we bred uh, about 12 years ago now. So that's the same cutting. So we've taken that oh, clone wow. every single cycle. Uh, wow. You know, so it's the same. We're growing the same exact plant that we were growing 12 years ago, DNA wise. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Well, that kind of takes us into the science questions that I know Kayla is bursting at the seams with. <laughs> Can you see it on my face? I'm so excited about this. Because yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast. I'm trying to look at the face <laughs> And Kayla's kind of in the dark. <laughs> I am. Um, Kayla's, so... Kayla's our indica over here with her vibing with her with her lights in the background (laughs) that's my vibe uh so as far as indica and sativa goes does is that determined like a strain's percentage of each when you send it to the lab or is it more based on genealogy of those original strains the the problem is is there's no to to answer your question there's there's no bank of, of genetics, right? So there's no mm-hmm. there's no bank out there that says this is this strain and this is uh, you know this is Bubba Kush and this is uh, you know Great Ape and this is Jack Herrera and this is this right? Like you, if if I grow what I consider Bubba Kush because we have original Bubba Kush cross seeds, so before we phased out the pre ninety eight Bubba Kush, Justin and I have over six thousand different strains in our genetic bank right so whoa yes yeah, so we've been That's doing this a long time right and so we're very scientific about it uh, but again back to like the type a personality <laughs> you know like i so justin's kind of the mad scientist part and i'm like mm-hmm. okay well we need to take proper notes and everything needs to be documented and we need to make sure that we don't lose anything so before we cut anything we're not growing anymore we need to back cross it to itself so meaning that we we self-cross it to herself um which is another whole thing we can get into. But essentially, even if I have my, what I consider my Bubba Kush in my bank, there might be somebody in California who really genuinely believes that they have Bubba Kush as well. And and we may have some lineage, but the likelihood of, a, likelihood of us having 
the same exact thing is is almost none you know i mean there mm -hmm. might be a chance but probably not because you have to understand where the industry came from is like is the black market i guess sorry my dog is like my, i still got a puppy dog here he's like Oh. oh no we love our furry friends i'm here. also dealing with a puppy dog i don't know if you can see him <laughs> yeah i can oh hi there's diego oh puppy dog oh hi puppy we've got two doggies in our zoom <laughs> sesh now um so so because of where our industry came from and it was it was so everyone was just trying to do the best they could you know i mean and not get in trouble. I mean, even us having that many seeds, banking them over time. I mean, at at a point in Justin and our career, that was a felony. Just that, you know. Mm -hmm, so wow. you have to kind of understand that when you're going into stuff, and and consumers really want to demand like this this like very staunch information, and it's just it's too much of a living thing, and there's too many different cultivators and and people that are involved in this that. There's just no way for everybody to be on the same page. And so there's not this bank that you can go and test something and say, this is from this lineage to answer your question. So the lab testing, to, to be perfectly honest with you, it's all a bunch of BS. Uh, <laughs> that is what we were wondering. Mm -hmm. That's what I was accurate. saying. And you all got and, mad and at me. I was kidding. <laughs> cannabis is not a liquid. And so this demand mm -hmm. for it to be like, alcohol where you've got like six percent alcohol i can take a bud and and you know when we first started in medical there wasn't any THC testing there was no you know you you didn't know what was in your cannabis you didn't know how much cbd or cbg or or now 110 cannabinoids they can test for you know like when we first started they can only test for like 21 of them you know and there are 110 cannabinoids. There's 100 di there's... 110 different uh, compounds they can test in cannabis now. I believe. Okay. So wow. it just it keeps so there's growing, probably right? more. They keep discovering yeah. these things because you have like delta eight, delta nine THC. You have THCB, THCBA. You have all these different. You know, and I'm not as um, I know just enough to read a test result, but I, I'm not a scientist when it comes to like I don't I don't geek out on that stuff as much um mm -hmm. and somebody you know i'm sure somebody's upset that i you know pronounce something wrong i'm sure so but you know <laughs> I'm, I, I'm just more of like on a holistic approach right so because of that you know when we first started we would take a bud and we would cut it in half right and we'd send it to two separate labs and we would get 19 percent and 27 percent thc <gasps> wow. on a bud you cut in half the same bud right and yeah. so because of that and, and that's just that's natural it's a it's a plant it's a flower right like yeah, every yeah. single flower is going to test different and so this idea that it, it, this demand for consistency and testing it, it's never going to happen cannabis is so complex with the, with everything it has in, in inside of it when you're combusting it and then your own body chemistry is incredibly complex mm -hmm. but even something that i smoke that i say this is how it tastes this is how it makes me feel this is this is all these things right you can smoke it and grace you're going to have a different experience than kayla and you're going to have mm -hmm. different you know everyone's going to have a different experience from that same bud even if you take one side of the bud and i take the other yeah would you say that then if uh one strain is considered an indica it that's based more on feeling and how most people kind of process it there's certain terpenes that do kind of associate more 
what people feel is indica and what people feel is sativa. But something, you know, I, I bud tended in our own medical dispensary for four years, every day, wow, every single day. So, uh, you know, I really got to know our 6,000 different medical patients, right? And it was fascinating to work with people because I had like there were there were outliers that didn't really make sense with what everybody else was jiving with. So like in one in particular, just as an example, I had, you know, this 85, I mean, she was she was definitely um, you know, older lady who had restless leg syndrome her entire life. And she had been on every medication she could possibly find. Nothing had helped her her entire life. You know, and she's 85 coming in here, you know, just a little tiny old lady. She's like, I can't sleep. I've never been able to sleep my entire life. Like I take naps all the time because I can't sleep. I've been told that cannabis works. And so we just, we worked through each one of our strains that we had. And at the time, the blue dream worked for her, which makes no sense because it makes her fall asleep and her legs, you know? So it's like, this is sativa dominant strain by, you know, industry standard, it's a sativa, but it's helping this, this lady have no, no restless leg syndrome at like no restless legs at night and it makes her fall asleep. So it's just, it's so important as a consumer, I think to, to find something that you like and be able to consistently buy it and, and, and the strain be the same every time. And so that is really what we have worked on and perfected on in the 12 years we've been growing, um, you know, going on 13, is just growing the same thing at a certain standard of, you know, our high standard of quality that a consumer can come back to regularly and it's the same for them every time. Um, and we were concerned that getting into the recreational market, that wouldn't have been as important to people, but, um, it is, it's just as important, you know? So so we have people that consistently, you know, love our Orange Blossom or love our Pacific Blue. <laughs> yeah, we are big so, Orange Blossom Orange fans. Blossom fans. Yeah. And for Huge some fans. reason, women in, in Orange Blossom click, you know? A lot really? of guys don't like Orange Blossom, you know? Um, huh. we, have, we have one really good friend that loves it, but, you know, otherwise, I mean, most of our friends that are guys are like me. You know, so really, yeah, and it, it's <laughs> and, and I just it's just the the what it's made of, you know, is what people gravitate towards. So, um, you know that that is kind of the best thing for consumers to find because, you know, as far as as being like, well, I really like, um, you know, uh, Bubba Kush, let's say, um, and there's a lot of crosses of Bubba Kush now. That doesn't mean that every single you know Bubba Kush cross you're gonna like you know some of them right. might not you know so that's why um as a consumer the best thing especially now with recreational where you guys you know before it was like yeah it's weed like shut up you know mm -hmm. here give me 40 bucks here's your weed like you know <laughs> it, there's no consistency of, of strains and and people still don't um you know there's still growers that they'll grow a strain and it doesn't sell well, they'll just rename it. They'll, you know, they'll just yeah. rename it something that's popular, wow. you know, and, and that you always, that I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, unfortunately, because people, you know, there's still, a, you know, money's still involved in this. So people are going to, um, if something's not selling, they'll just rename it a different strain 
and, and claim it as some, you know, like, uh, you know, their bubble gum isn't selling. So they call it runts and runts is popular right now. So it sells, you know, so there's always wow. going to be that going on, um, which just waters down anybody trying to be consistent. Uh, but the main thing as to why, like for me personally, I'm against one genetic DNA bank. Um, and Monsanto actually tried to do one uh, recently hiding under a like kind of shell company trying to collect genetics from breeders uh, mm. because then what, what? they do... Then it's a very true story. Then what they can do is they can go out and patent your genetic. And then mm. Oh no! Because once it uh. becomes federally legal, you can get a plant patent where you can patent the genetic. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! That, when we, that's one of many interesting out like side effects of when they do finally federalize it yeah so many oh boy i mean my my opinion of federal legalization is is you know um I, I hope i would i would hope that they you know make sure that anyone who is a non-violent cannabis user or seller any of that right all of that gets removed like you shouldn't be in jail for cannabis in, right end of if, as long as you weren't violent I don't see why you should be in jail, you know, with when it mm -hmm. comes to cannabis. If you are smoking a joint down the street and get arrested for it, that's ridiculous. But yeah, yes. But as far as federal legalization, the outcome of federal legalization will be complete commercialization of cannabis. And and that's it, it's unfortunate, but that is the truth. It, it, we're yeah. going yeah. to see, um, you know, people try to patent everything they possibly can to make it almost impossible for you know but the biggest players to be successful amazon and, and, you know and it's, yeah. it's a weird spot to be in you know as us because you know we we've grown organically 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 but we've grown organically like our company has grown organically the whole time we don't have investors or uh, you know, lots of other board members or, you know, we don't have any of that. It's just Justin. I, and it's been Justin and I the whole time, you know, um, reinvesting and, and getting bigger. And that's why we're focused on expanding to these other states and getting as, you know, as successful and as big as possible, because we do know that with federal legalization, there will be, um, if you're not big enough, you, you will not survive. Wow. Yeah, yeah you know. that's going to be a wild world. Yeah, you know, it's with... coming. I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, I tell people that from a business approach, you know, they'll ask me, you know, I really want to start in cannabis. And, and I always tell people, you know, it's, it's a horrible um, beginner business, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and if you don't want, if you aren't comfortable with sitting at the edge of your seat and just constant change, you know, this is not the industry for you. I mean, we have had to pivot a hundred and 80 degrees multiple times through our wow. career. You know, I mean, when we had our medical dispensary, they just gave us an ultimatum and said, we're shutting everyone down. If anyone's open, we're arresting you, you know? Whoa. And they gave us six months, you know? And then you're supposed to come up with $200,000 to invest into becoming a recreational grower. You know, I mean, I went to one of the first association meetings when recreational, the first year recreational, um, and we were, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in there within a room of, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest one there by 20, 30 years, 
you know, mm-hmm. it's all people in suits, mostly men, bragging about how many millions they got from investors to get started in the 502, comp- you know, industry. And none that's of them smoke weed, you know? And it's like, that's who, that's who our competition is. That's still who our competition is in this industry. Uh, yeah. That's so weird and such a weird vibe. I mean, we found your, I, I found your company because I was looking up, like, what are the woman and minority owned cannabis brands in Washington? And they're, it's a short list. Yeah. And, and a lot of them, they've moved their wives to being owners of the companies. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, really? same, the same people I met at that uh, meeting, you know, seven years ago. So, you know, it's Damn. it's uh, not I mean, not everybody, you know, there's definitely, you know, minority owned businesses and women owned businesses and, and people starting on craft and people that are start, you know, started from medical, but there's not that many. Wow. Wild. I I cannot have this continue without me asking about falcons okay (laughs) the the falconry stuff i went down a rabbit hole thinking i'd just read a short wikipedia article and then realized that falconry is steeped in thousands of years of history it's amazing and it's absolutely fascinating and i guess my first question to you is how did you get into falconry that's how you met your love but Um... how did you start so there's a book called My Side of the Mountain. Um, it's a- yeah. Okay, cool. So you've read it. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! That was one of my favorite books growing up. Yeah. So do, there's a couple. There's actually like a second and third to that book series too that a lot of people don't know about. That's actually, um, I mean, it's a children's book, right? But uh, um, yes, that's how I, I read that book, and I was, you know, I read that book when I was. Um, 12 and I was like I want to do this uh, and so I started looking into the laws and I realized that you could do it um, when you're 14 you could become apprentice and so you know my parents were like oh, I don't know about this you know like having a wild bird and so this is kind of crazy you know um, but at the time we were living in New Mexico um, where there oh, was really that's good- where Grace lives huh that's where Grace That's where lives. I live. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. So, um, so Taos, New Mexico. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, in between Angel Fire and Taos, there's actually uh, Valley Escondido. It's like a little tiny um, suburb area that kind of goes up into the mountains. And so there's good, there's good rabbits there, uh, rabbit hunting there. And so, oh. um, so I convinced my parents and my parents being the very like strict, both of my parents are engineers um, and are, uh, very structured and so I, ha- I had to come up with a contract um you know all of the responsibilities and then if it injured one of my siblings I had to release it immediately and you know I had to sign this contract you know of uh yeah. you know getting into falconry um <laughs> <laughs> so uh but they let me, you know, and I, I, I trap my first bird. You, you trap a, a, um, a red tail hawk or a kestrel from the wild because they're, <laughs> they're incredibly prolific. Um, and only about uh, 5% of them live to adulthood. So they let you trap a juvenile from the wild. Um, I did not. I mean, I read a little bit about that, but I didn't know that part. Yeah. That's so that, crazy. That's, that's, that's how it, so then you have, you're an apprentice for a certain amount of years and you have a sponsor. Um, and so I had my sponsor who actually, um, funny enough is, uh, uh, Angelica Houston's brother. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, he, <laughs> I know. So he he was, uh, um, you know, he had an inheritance because his mother was like a famous ballerina and his dad was like a producer or something. So he did falconry a lot. Um, and so, because it's, it's a difficult, you either have like a lot of time or a lot of money, right? Because it's, it's so, it, it, it's such a, it's a lifestyle. I wouldn't even call it a hobby. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, it's so involved, you know? I mean, if you want to hunt uh, rabbits, get a shotgun, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. not, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's very much hunting oriented because that's what they are. They're predators, right? I mean, you can't, they're not, you know, there's no point in having one unless you're hunting with it because that's, that's what they do. They're, they're a hunting machine. That's what they're made to do, right? That's all they want to do. Um, and so, once you get uh, uh, a red tail, you you train. I, I got a red tail hawk named Nakoma, that's what I called her. Um, oh. And you, I trained her and then hunted with her for a couple of years. And then you become a general, which means that your sponsor signs off that you're, a, you know, a, a qualified falconer who, you know, it's done their due diligence hunts, has been successful. And then as a general, you can get uh, quite a few different options of, of birds and you can also buy directly from other falconers that breed birds and so my dream was always to 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 breed falcons and hawks um and have a rehabilitation center and so that's what we have now um and some that's of our proceeds my go follow-up question yeah, is so, about your rehab center yeah so then you go so you go as apprentice it takes uh two to four years depending on your age you can't be in a, uh, a general until you're 18 and then uh, you're general for five years, and then you become a master falconer. And then for master falconer, then you can get your rapture propagation permit. So it takes about 10 years to do. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And unfortunately, I think that's all the time. I have like 800 more. I could do a whole podcast on falconry <laughs> with you. I honestly could. It would be so exciting. But I think that's all the time we have today. It would today. be Stephanie I know and that... Bethany take to the skies. <laughs> no, I have my kites. You have your fal- your kelp falconry. Yeah, probably I mean, hate my kites. Falconry, you can literally talk. It's, it's days of conversation. Uh, God, I could. And Kayla probably has 800 more questions. <laughs> Need you on again, I think. Yeah, we'll have to have you back just to talk about falcons because I want to hear more too. Yeah, no worries. But thank uh, but you, thank Bethany. you so much, Bethany. It's so nice to have you on finally. Yeah, for sure. And where can people find your products? Um, so if you go to our website, you can find uh, on our website there's locations tab, and you can actually find um, a list of stores where we're. We're in 180 stores in Washington State, so uh, there oh, we're, wow. we're in most places. Um, and if for some reason you want a store to carry us, you know, feel free to request us. Sometimes um, nice. we are t- picking up new stores. Um, we just recently expanded, so we are um, open to picking up a few more stores here. So nice. that's a great way if you if you can't find us is to request us. And what's the name of your falcon rescue? Uh, North Gen. It just means Northern Genetics um, Falcons. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Awesome. awesome. It was so great to meet you. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, you can, what's the website? Is it falcana.com? Yep. F-A-L-C-A-N-N-A.com. Great. 
Uh, and I think that's it for this episode of Stoner Chicks Podcast. You can find us at stonerchickspodcast.com. We're on Instagram at Stoner Chicks Podcast. We're at Broccoli Broads on TikTok. We're at Stoner Chicks Podcast on Twitter. You can sign up for our newsletter on our website. You can email us at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. Grace is laughing at me. And <laughs> You're doing great, Stephanie. This is the best plug you've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and that's all the Webbly Woos um, I think that we have today. And Kayla, what do stoner chicks always say? Um, uh, tell me more about Falcons, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Thanks, everyone. Stay stoned. Bye. Smoke your weed. Thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks Podcast. We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stonerchickspodcast.com.